Welcome back, folks, to your weekly installment of a Hoosier who's a cat dad looking at sports and culture. Hi, Pippi. Thank you for joining us. This week, we need to start off on a little bit of a tougher subject. The, we the recent withdrawal from Afghanistan. Our leaders did not handle this well. When you leave our enemies enough resources to load up their coffers to oppress Christians and people of goodwill, regardless of uh, what religion you hold to, women and kids, it makes us look like a laughingstock to the rest of the world. And we're supposed to be the leader of the free world. It's a, I look at it as a failure of our country doing our job. And then there was the, specifically the bombing in Kabul. And we... And... We lost 13 of our bravest and brightest, including a young man not far from where I used to call home. It wasn't the fact that we withdrew. It was the fact that we withdrew poorly. Like I said, left our enemies' resources. Why would we do that? Our mission was accomplished ten years ago when we brought Osama bin Laden to justice. Am I fine with us withdrawing? Yeah. But it was the way that it was done. We should have helped the legitimate government of Afghanistan. Not give all this resource to the Taliban. For the purpose of protecting life and liberty. And to continue on that. Good job, Texas. The state of Texas can legally enforce their fetal heartbeat bill, which means no abortions after six weeks. I'm proud of my friends in Texas for this. The American and global left are apoplectic over this because you chose to do things God's way and protect life 
And in doing that, you humiliated them for trying to continue their practice of child sacrifice to demon entities. Yes, we should have resources to help the less fortunate in the raising of our kids. And we could have that discussion on whether it's the government's job or some combination of the government and the churches. We can have that later. But guess what? God's word opposes abortion. And that's why I do as well. When I was in high school, they gave us a piece of paper with various conditions and scenarios, asked us to draw a line saying where it wasn't wasn't okay to abort a baby. I was the one kid in class that simply refused because of my firm belief that God is the author of life and that we should do whatever we can short of violating that precious free will to protect that life. And I'm going to give... I'm going to give firm biblical basis for this before we continue on. And we will be reading from the New Living Translation as soon as I get it loaded up here. We're going to go to Psalm 139. Twelve to seventeen, or well, twelve to eighteen, really. But even in darkness, I cannot hide from you. To you, the night shines as bright as day. Darkness and light are the same to you. You make all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous how well I know it. You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion, as I was woven together in the dark of the womb. You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. How precious are your thoughts about me, O oh God. They cannot be numbered. I can't even count them. They outnumber the grains of sand. And when I wake up, you're still with me. How can someone support the killing of someone made in the image of God? 
without the due process of legal and moral law. And you're just going to get a firm thing from me. The only time I believe in government-sanctioned taking of life, there are two standards. The actions of our soldiers conducting just warfare and the government enforcing the laws where someone has to be put to death for the killing of another person or treason against one's country. That is the standard. Simple as that. I know this is definitely a different episode today. But it has to be said. But guess what? We're not ending our episode like this today, folks. We have the upcoming football season and I've went at nauseam about the other four conferences the ACC from two weeks ago the SEC from last week the Pac-12 from the beginning of August and the Big 12 the week later we're going to be talking about my beloved Big Ten I'll just start it off like this. I view it... The most relevant teams... Are the prohibited favorite to win the conference, Ohio State. They won last night. Oh, that's right. We've got our first round of games in. Ohio State beat Minnesota last night, 45-31. to And from what a couple of co-workers told me, Ohio State looked a little slow at the beginning. And that's why they got behind for a while. There's going to be a lot of high expectation on this Stroud kid. He went 13 for 22, 294 yards and four touchdowns. Threw one pick. And it looks like he ran three times for 13 yards.
Do I think Ohio State's going to go unbeaten? Nope. I sure don't. The other highly relevant Big Ten teams this year after Ohio State you've got Wisconsin them in Iowa I'll get to Iowa in a minute but Iowa and Wisconsin are going to be highly relevant in the Western Division. But you also can't sleep on Northwestern. But Ohio State has two challengers. Penn State. Let's see who Penn State has. Yeah, let's see who... Ooh, Penn State's got Wisconsin. That's going to tell us something. Penn State... But I'll tell you this. Penn State has one very problematic game. Good thing they're at home. Against Iowa's opponent tomorrow... Indiana. And yes, I understand that some of you. I was called insanely optimistic by a Indianapolis based YouTube sports analyst to think that Indiana could go. Nine and three or ten and two? In my opinion, best case scenario, IU is either going to go eleven and one, ten and two, or nine and three. And I believe the three most critical games. for Indiana. Oh, don't get me wrong. I think facing Iowa is going to be huge. But I'm looking I'm looking at the October 2nd game. The Octo- against Penn State in Happy Valley. And I'm looking I'm looking at that Ohio State game. What? How is the Ohio State game not a prime time game? Don't let that go. I remember watching Indiana almost coming back last year. (laughs) It was also right before I came out of quarantine, too. But 
is Ohio State the favorite to win the conference? Barely. I think they have serious challengers in in Indiana, in Penn State, in Wisconsin, and Iowa. Do I believe the winner of the conference is going to the playoffs, barring something funk chunkity? Yes. I sure do. I know this has been a different episode today. I went a little bit more on the culture and politics thing than I was initially anticipating, but there were some events that had to be addressed. And I'd like to announce that this is not going to be the only Four Cats and Plaid episode this weekend. We are going to be coming back tomorrow for a special edition where we introduce Team Four Cats fantasy football team. And I think Pippi will be very happy. (laughs) That's right, Pippi. Want to talk to the... Want to talk to your listeners? Huh? Want to talk to the listeners? Yeah? Oh, yes. (laughs) One thing a good pet owner does is they regularly play with their pets. Pippi loves this. <laughs> She's just batting at my hand as I'm trying to give her love. Give her pets. Yeah. Yeah, before the episode today, I was throwing around a cat toy, and sometimes she likes to play fetch. Isn't that right, Peppers? Isn't that right? Hey. But thank you very much for listening to this unique episode. Thank you and God bless. Home is where the Shire is. And be excellent to each other.